Life was bitter to the core There was nothing to live for Until love came My name is Harold J. Perkins And at the age of 17 I was selling drugs And on my way to an early grave While sitting in my house with about 10 guys God gave me an out-of-body experience And I was lifted above the room I could see everything moving in slow motion After that I got up and put those guys out And I cried out to Jesus Christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. Now, I'm excited about getting into this episode because I'm going to get into a truth here that Satan definitely does not want you to know. And I believe that this truth that I'm about to deal with is one of the most important truths in the Bible for you to understand in the kingdom of God in order to see the benefits of being a child of God. It is from this position that we receive. It is from this position that we reign in life. Now, it's a word you hear a lot if you've been around the church for a while, but it's also a word that few really understand, and it's this word righteousness. If you get this, I'm telling you, it will take your life to a whole nother level. In this word, the love that God has for you and I is revealed in a way that nothing else expresses his love for us more than understanding this word. Now, I know that's a bold statement. But if you'll hear me out as I break down the meaning of this word, I believe at the end that you will agree with me. God's love for us is so high above what religion has taught us. And you're about to hear how much, much more higher his love is for you and I. Now, let me show you why. And let me get into why I I believe that this is one of the most important things for you to understand why this righteousness is so big. I'm going to begin in Romans chapter one. Uh, verses 15 through 17. And here, here's what the stage here. Paul is about to preach the gospel to the Romans. Now, gospel means good news. He's about to preach the good news, the gospel to them. And let's see what he says the good news is. I'm reading again from Romans 1, verses 15 through 17. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For in it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, Paul says that the good news is the power of God unto salvation. And I heard a minister say that, This righteousness and understanding it, if you understand it, you'll know how to move and operate in power. But in this verse, Paul also says that the gospel, the good news, is the righteousness of God revealed. Now, this is a huge statement to say that the good news is is God's righteousness revealed. I'm going to have to slow down. I'm excited. If you get this, I'm telling you, it's a rest that, that should come over you. The problem has been that God's righteousness has been 
has not been truly revealed because it has been mixed with self-righteousness. We have ministers teaching we have to do something to obtain God's righteousness, and this is that self-righteousness, and it has nothing to do with God's righteousness, and I believe at the end of this, you'll see it clearly. God's righteousness is something that we do nothing to earn. I'm going to now, the next thing I want to do is I'm going to show you from the Bible what the Bible has to say and that this righteousness is not earned. God has given us his righteousness as a gift. We've been made righteousness, righteous. I'm going to start reading in Romans chapter five, verse 17. Here's what it says. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and a gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, you see here it says it's a gift. Now, do you do anything to earn a gift? Of course not, okay? We have been made righteous, okay? Now, I'm going to read now in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 21. For he has made him to be sin for us, talking about Jesus, who knew no sin. Now, notice it says he knew no sin, but he was made sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, we could also say in that verse, if he knew no sin, we knew no righteousness either, because he was made sin, and it says here that we were made righteous. He did not commit a sin to be made sin, and we did not do a righteous deed to be made righteous. We were made righteous. Now, listen to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Here he says to put on the new man, which is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. Our spirit that was changed when we accepted Jesus Christ was created after God in righteousness and true holiness. So we have seen from these verses that we were given the gift of righteousness, that we were made the righteousness of God, and we were created in righteousness. Nothing is said about us doing anything to be the righteousness of God. Okay, now let's break down this word, what it really means. If you look in the di dictionary, the definition for righteousness, the first definition that will pop up is this, the quality or state of being righteous. Notice there's nothing, there's not an action. It's a state. It's the quality or, of, or state of being, of being, not doing, being. Now, the word righteousness is a noun, N-O-U-N, a noun word for righteous, okay? It's a noun, it's the noun word of the adjective righteous. Remember, we were taught in school that a noun is a person, a place, or a thing. It's not an action, okay, which is a verb. Now, the N-E-S-S -S on the end of righteousness, this is what makes it a noun. Now, keeping is important. I know it sounds... I'm telling you, this is important. Keep in mind, God has made us this. Now, follow me here. The word right in righteous means good or just. Now, remember again, 
God has made us this. Nothing in the word has to do with our actions. It's all about what God has done for us. Now, let's put it all together. We just said that right means good or just. We covered that the N-E-S-S in the word righteousness means a person, place, or thing. And in this case, we know we're talking about a person, right? Us. So here's what it is in simplicity. God has made us a person that is good and just without us doing anything to earn it. It's all a gift from him. He has made us on the inside righteous and holy, just like himself. It's the person he has made me and you in Christ Jesus. Now we're placed in Christ Jesus. And that's another thing in itself it says we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Christ is a place. Okay. Remember the word righteousness is a person, place, or thing. So righteousness is not a verb. It's a place. And the person I am now that God has made me this person. It Now it's from this place that I put on the deeds of righteousness. But my deeds will not change the person who he has made me because I was not made that by my deeds. I was made that by God. Now, it's out of my understanding of this loving gift of righteousness that uh, I show Father God my love and appreciation for him by doing righteous deeds, by loving people like he loved me. How can I do that? Because he made me just like himself on the inside. Now. It's from this place of righteousness that God has given us, this position he's given us, that he has made available to us all the keys of the kingdom. Righteousness is a royal kingly position of authority that God has given us on earth. It's why Romans 5.17 says that we reign in life through the gift of righteousness. But here's the thing. If you believe that righteousness is based on your actions, the devil can move you in and out of it. And so you don't believe that you have the authority and you'll go in and out of believing you are good and whether you're good enough to receive God's blessing. But when you understand God has made you good, he has made you just enough because he made you this. You are a righteous and just person. You are worthy of what he of his blessings, not because of what you've done, because he who he's made you and he made you that because you believed in Jesus Christ. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you take on this righteousness as a gift. Now, righteousness also gives you the authority to put the devil in his place of defeat, which is under your feet. Listen to Hebrews 1, verses 8. But unto the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Now, if you go back to the, and you study a little bit about kings, a scepter represented a king's authority. So right here, it says that righteousness is, uh, is the scepter in the kingdom. So our authority to rule and to reign on earth is through this gift that God has given us. And most people don't understand it and don't understand the power that is available to them as a result of the gift. Now, you may be wondering why some things have not changed in your life. It may be because you've not used the authority God has given you to make you righteous just like him. And with it comes power and authority. Now, let me further emphasize what I'm saying. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. Listen to this verse. No weapon 
that is formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment. Notice it says you shall condemn. That's what the verse says. You shall condemn it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Now, if righteousness is the scepter and it's of God, it's not earned on our part. God gave it to us. Now, it says that we are to condemn the voice. We have the authority, okay? Now, it's through this gift of righteousness, you and I have to condemn the voice. Sickness is a voice. Poverty and lack is a voice. A bondage of any kind is a voice. Anything that goes against you reigning in life is a voice. You and I have the authority through the gift of righteousness to condemn it, and God will back your words just like he backed Jesus' words. Now, it might not change right away, but if you keep standing, you know, sometimes I've kept uh, con uh, condemning the voice of something, and it took a while. It took weeks and sometimes months, but it showed up. Now, let me, let me give you a very small example. In the neighborhood I was in, there was a dog that was barking four or five o'clock in the morning. This dog barked almost 24 seven and I got fed up. I realized I got authority. So one day I went to park where I, where I heard the noise coming from in front of the house. I thought it was. And I waited for that dog to bark. And soon, surely enough, he started barking. I pointed my finger in that direction. And I said, I command you in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ to stop all this barking at various hours. I command it in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I went back, still hearing the dog bark. And I said, no, I took authority of it. I'm not moved by that. Went on the next day, still hearing the dog bark. I kept holding fast to my confession. And that, I think it was that next day or so, never heard that dog again. That dog stopped, stopped barking and there was peace in that neighborhood. Now you may say, come on, Harold. Yes, we do. We have authority in this name and this position of righteousness that has been given to us as a gift. Now, I said at the beginning, nothing will show you the love of God more than understanding what God has done to make you and I his righteousness. Well, we all have more than likely have heard of John 3.16. I'm saying to you that John 16, 3.16 was about making you and I the righteousness of God. Now, let me clarify why I say that. The scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, notice the everlasting life. Now, I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 21. It's, here's what it says. Is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Now, the law could not give us life. God had to send his son to die for us, for us to receive life. But notice the verse equates life to be the same as righteousness. Listen to it closely as I read it again. Is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness. It didn't say life there. You would think it would say verily life should have been by the law, but it says verily, verily righteousness. So it's equating righteousness as life. Therefore, God sent his son to die for you and I so that we could be made the righteousness of God by his death and resurrection 
from the dead, God was able to make us righteous. So the end result God wanted after giving his son was for you and I to be made the righteousness of God just like himself. He made a promise to Abraham. Here's what he said to him. He said, in blessing myself, I will bless you. In multiplying myself, I will multiply you. When you and I were made righteous, the righteousness of God, God was fulfilling his promise to Abraham. You and I are a duplication of God. Dare us accept defeat in any area of our lives. Jesus Christ is king of kings. We are the kings that he is to be king over. Now, we can't get you know, lost in this and think, oh, well, we're God. Like, no, we are under God. We're God's to reign on this earth under the God, Jesus Christ. Now, the kings of old, you know how they ruled? They ruled by their spoken word. Their words that they spoke were law. So we are to do the same. In Mark 16, verses 14 to 20, Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world. And he went on up to heaven. Verse 19 and 20 says, Jesus went and sat at the right hand of God and the disciples went everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the words that they spoke with signs followed. Now, these words, of course, had to line up with God's word. That's why you need to read the word and know it for yourself. So, you know, you're speaking in line with what God has already spoken. He is still seated at the right hand of God, waiting for those he has made the righteousness of God to speak and he will do the miracles. God has made us good and just. On the inside, we are made just like God. This is how God sees you and me. It's time for us to see ourselves in this way. And when we do, then we'll start acting in righteous ways. Okay, but it all starts from the inside out. It's what God has done. This truth is scared of the devil. Okay, he is scared, scared, scared that the body of Christ will get a hold of the fact and understand who they've been made by being made the righteousness of God that is not based on their actions, is based on the place that God has given them in the kingdom and that they can rule and reign in their area of gifting. What's supposed to happen is that we take our talents and our abilities, the callings that God has placed on any, each one of our lives, and we're to go into our sphere of influence and we're to dominate in that area whatever that area may be. And we are to do it from this position of righteousness. We are to do it with our voice, condemning every voice that goes contrary to what God has spoken. And then we'll see the manifestation of those things happening in our life. I believe I'll probably be dealing with this subject for probably the next couple of episodes because it's an important truth for us to grab hold to. So keep listening. There's more to come. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode. Oh, yeah.